Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real, and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. Yeah, we've been together for ten years and married for four of them, and somehow I've completely neglected my duties as the musical theater nerd of subjecting you to these shows, so we're going to do this in front of a captive listening audience. So you've not seen that many musicals, right? No, I've seen The Lion King with you, Book of Mormon with you, Carousel when I was a teenager in a high school production, uh, Saturday's Voyeur a couple times with you and your mom, and Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, so you're about to get thrown in feet first then, huh? (laughs) Um, So this first one, I'm going to take you back in time a little bit. Uh, You've seen the photos, of course, uh, since we had that whole Thanksgiving weekend of going through family photos. Um... Seeing all your adorable, adorable young (laughs) photos. You were a very cute child. Thanks. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, So the day is September 27th, 1995. I was going to a school that I'd soon be kicked out of because my mom stood up for me. uh, And I was just barely starting to realize that musical theater was a thing that existed. And we had just had to rehome our cat and I was devastated. Um, this is supposed to be a fun podcast, you know, make people laugh. And, oh, and... oh, yeah, no, we're, we're getting there, we're getting there. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so my mom had gotten tickets for this show at the Capitol Theater downtown and said, hey, we're going to Cats. And I'm sitting here going, oh my god, we're going to a cat show. Oh my gosh, are we in the situation where we can have cats again? Or is this going to be where I can go in and pet cats? And... You know that my mom used to breed dogs for a living and show dogs. Yeah, Doberman specifically. Yeah, so I was sitting here going, maybe it's like a dog show, but for cats, because I knew that cat shows existed. And so I was sitting here going, we get to go see a cat show. And my first clue should have been when my mom had me wear this cute little dress. And... I guess part of why I didn't immediately go, oh, we're going to a play, is I was sitting here thinking, well, it might be like Cruff's, which is the really, like, fancy dog show that I've made you watch a few times. Um, My other clue should have been that my mom gave me this book in order to be prepared for it. The book's called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it's by T.S. Eliot. He he was a poet in uh, the late 1800s, early 1900s. I had to do a poetry thing on him in high school, but um, I had known who he was before that because of this. I'm still hold, I'm still held up on old possums' guide to books. Like, what does a possum know about cats? I you know that's one thing that I've never 
looked into enough as why it's old possums, but... Did, did T, is T.S. Eliot one of those poets who back in the day did a lot of drugs because they were not regulated and legal? You know, he might have been. I can imagine him tripping balls and going, Possums know about cats, write a book! Well, it, no, like... Thinking on this, yeah, he might have been because you're gonna, you're gonna learn some stuff tonight. Should I be afraid? Uh, that, mean, f- that means yes. How do you feel about yarn tails? Yarn tails, as yeah. in a tail made of yarn. Yes. Like like a like a like crocheted. Kinda. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> So, um, I do have this book, by the way, up at my mom's house. Um, it still exists. It's a paperback, though. Not for long so it's, I get it. No, it's great. It's it's a good book, and it's very well loved. And okay, yeah, I, I love that book. Uh, the illustrations are different, but part of how I learned to draw cats was from this book. So okay. that was fun too. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good book. So. When we go to see this show, I'm actually a little bit disappointed when I start realizing that it's a play, because, again, I thought we were going to be seeing cats. So you saw people dressed as cats, not actual cats performing. Exactly. I would be disappointed, too. Yeah, I and so, but then, the more that we're watching the show, the more I'm going, oh no, I really like this. And this was one of two shows that made me go, I want to do musical theater. And if we really want to go, like, digging deep, this show is partially responsible for my knee surgery two years ago. Even though I've never been in this show. Uh, okay. I I assume you're going to explain that later. Well, because this shows why I did theater. Oh, and you I, messed up your knees. Gotcha. Yeah, and why I messed up my knees. I was waiting for you to say that while you were at the show, one of the actors kicked you in the knee, or <laughs> you stumbled while you were fleeing in terror and hit your knee and carried that injury through your entire life. But it's just, okay. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so, like I said, with this, with Cats, um, it's based off of T.S. Eliot's Old Possum books, Old Possum's book of Practical Cats. Um, it's a series of poems. Is there a book of impractical cats? (laughs) I feel like this needs to be asked. If there's a possum book of practical cats. So the thing is, is probably impractical cats would make more sense with this. I have seen images here and there of the costumes for this show. Yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this this was a series of poems about cats, and most of the songs are taken directly from the poems. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so it's a good starting place for a show, right? Sure. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is a little hard to take a bunch of unrelated poems like the only thing relating them about is cats it's kind of hard to do that and then sit there and go okay now let's make it into a musical but as we go on this journey you're gonna find out that a lot of these composers and librettists and playwrights are really creative with what they can make a musical out of 
my brain hears that sentence and thinks they're making a musical out of something that has no business being made into a musical. Yes, yes. There's quite a few of these, and we will be eventually going into them. I'm in over my head. That's okay. You'll be fine. I'll be here with you. And sink, sink or swim, I guess. Trial by fire. And there's there's a cup of brandy in the kitchen, should you decide you need it. Um, my instincts are telling me I will. You might with this one. Um, so... A little bit about the show itself. It's composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and you're going to be seeing his name pop up a lot. I have heard of him. Yes. Mostly from you. Yes. And other theater people. And South Parks. He was and in South Park. Yes. He was in the Bro Down. That's right. That's um, right. Okay. So, yeah. so now I'm an expert because I've seen the South Park you've, episode. You've seen the South Park episode. Yeah, you know everything about this. So, so West Side Story, um, I... That's the only one I know for sure. It, wait, he did do a side No. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's okay. Yeah. I, 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 case in point there, folks, I am musically challenged. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a weekly feature. No, we won't do a weekly, but we will do a monthly of Weber Week now. At some point, there will be a Weber Week. Yes. At some point. Yes, at some point, we will be doing Weber Week. And some of his shows are really good. This is one of my favorites of his. Okay. Even though it's really weird. Um, It was first performed in the West End of London in 1981. The West End of London's kind of like Broadway for us. Okay. Um, And it's owned by Weber's company, The Really Useful Group. So pretty much all of these shows that um, we're going to do with him are from that group so that's who does all the merchandising and if someone decides hey i want to do a movie which we'll be talking about later because i'm really excited to share this fact if you like this show if i like the show (laughs) yes um like most shows there have been a lot of variations and changes over the years um For this episode, we're actually going to be going based off of the 1998 movie that was released direct to video. Um, There's going to be a song that wasn't included in the movie, and it's due to the age of one of the actors. They couldn't do it. So I found on YouTube a really good performance of that song. So we'll watch that. Um... So you're telling me that there's a song they had to leave out because the person who sang it was underaged. No, too oh, old. Too old. Too old. He oh. was like 90 okay. when they performed that it. That is way better than what my brain started making me <laughs> be concerned about. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, like what kind of show is this? <laughs> well, there is a scene that might... You'll see, you'll see. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's... The the reason why we're going to still watch that scene is because I kind of feel like you need it for the show. Um, they cut it for time, and also they were like, oh, well, it flows better. And I'm like, eh, sure, but... Like, they cut it time, the age of the actor, because the 90-year-old uh, played a character who would have also performed this other song, 
And if you imagine a 90-year-old performing this other song, it's like, ooh, he's going to break something. Gotcha. Well, yeah. the show must go on. You know, that's, Isn't that the, the saying <laughs> that, among show people is break a leg? is the saying, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's more of a good luck, not a literal thing. I thought it meant you perform so hard out there, you break a leg. I mean, that almost happened to me once, but anyway. <laughs> so... You're going to be watching a show that's kind of broken some records. It's been um, one of the longest-running shows. In fact, if I remember right, it did get overtaken by Phantom of the Opera, which is another Andrew Lloyd Webber show. I feel like I should have known that, because I've heard Phantom of the Opera a lot over the years. Yeah, yeah, and... (sighs) Yeah, we're going to do that one eventually, too. It's not my favorite of his, but... The, the good thing about not knowing more than a handful of musicals is that there's a lot of material to work with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I have a feeling that it's going to be like overriding my brain. Like mm-hmm. by the time we have reached episode 100 of this, I won't remember how to write. I won't know how to spell my name. <laughs> You're going to have to teach me how to drive. Well, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. Um. So... On Broadway, it actually ran for 18 years Holy consecutively, crap. and in the West End, it was 21. So just one show right after another, like week in, week out, for mm-hmm. 18 to 20 years? Yes. Wow. Now, you will rotate cast members, of course, it's... as these go on. Okay, you're, you're making, you're, I'm expecting this to be really good if it's playing consistently for that long. I mean... How many times has Star Wars been in theaters multiple times? Yeah. And it has a runtime of a couple weeks. So yeah. I mean, the... So it's different with theater, too, because with theater, um, you can have understudies. You can have... Um... Is that like an undertaker? <laughs> That's if the actor that they're replacing got taken by the undertaker. Okay. Um, not Not quite. So an understudy is someone who steps in. Um, for the role if someone's sick or has a prior engagement. Or, or if some, they do die. Or if they die, okay. yes. So if yeah. the Undertaker does take them. Yeah, if the Undertaker takes them, like, um, we'll talk more about it when we do Pippin, but that actually did happen to um, one of the actresses in the original cast, and it's really tragic, actually, because I really liked her. Um, but we'll go, we'll go into that with Pippin, which I'm so excited to do. As we digress. As we digress. <laughs> so, um, the type of show that this is, this is called a sung-through musical. So what do you think a sung-through musical would mean? Well, Carly, <clears throat> okay, using the logical part of my brain that hears things and then puts pictures to them, it means that they sing through the entire musical even when they are talking. Yes. Okay. So, all dialogue is sung. Sometimes someone might speak a line, but it's not really, like, considered a spoken musical. So we like this as we're doing this intro, getting ready to watch the show. Even though this isn't a song, we are still singing as we talk. Exactly. Okay. I can learn. Yeah. Wait, maybe. That was, a, that was actually really good. La 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 <laughs> Alright, so um the thing with these sung through musicals is you're gonna see this a lot with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So it's a theme with him. It's a theme with him. Okay. 
pretty much if we're gonna if I say Andrew Lloyd Webber, your first thought's probably gonna be, oh, there's not gonna be any spoken words in this, and you would be pretty much right. I don't know. You say Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I associate him with uh, West Side Story, which he didn't do. So we'll see how well I do. Okay. <laughs> um, and West Side Story will be fun. We'll do that eventually. But is, this is that one's... is that one with the cobras? Wait. What? Is that one with gangs? Like yes. Okay. Isn't one of the gangs called the Cobras or something? No. Wow. Okay. <sighs> I, I, my brain is just giving me random images, apparently. That is fine. We're going to come across a musical, and there's going to be some group called the Cobras, and I'm going to be like, this, this is the one. You're going to be like, why did you think this was West Side Story? Uh, why did you marry me again? Like, I, I, I don't know. Because you're cute, you're sweet, that butt. Well, All right. three reasons are pretty good. <laughs> More reasons than that, but okay. this might be a family-friendly show. We aren't even sure yet, so... Sorry, folks. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've derailed this enough. Please continue, Kay. Oh, no worries. So, um... You're also going to notice that a lot of people, when they talk about this show, they say like, oh, well, this show shows that you don't need a plot to have a good <laughs> musical. There is a plot if you squint. Okay. Int okay. I'm sure I will have questions then. Yes. Because squinting to a musical sounds contradictory. I mean, we are watching it, but you, but it's mostly listening. Well, like, like, if if you're if if you're watching it, expecting a very clear plot, then you're gonna be a little let down. But there is a plot. There really is. Like, there is a story thread through this show. Okay. I just don't want to tell you much more, other than it's pretty much a cat cult. Do do they drink the milk and all die at the end? Uh, is it like Jonestown, but with cats? Uh, do they, do they sacrifice? I don't want to give away anything. Do they sacrifice mice? No. Okay. Um, but mice do show up in one scene. I assume to be eaten. No. Um, what, what the hell do these cats even do? Uh, they, other than be part of a cult and not have a clear plot. They dance, they sing, they might do something rather inappropriate, Cause with the mice? No, not with the mice. With the bowl of milk? With each other. Oh. Yeah, there's a weird scene in this that I didn't catch until I watched the 1998 film and went, wait, that's what they were doing on stage? So... And just to reiterate, your mother took you as a young child to the show that has a scene that is inappropriate. Potentially. Potentially inappropriate. I mean, we were up in the nosebleeds. And also, this is the same mom who had me watch Dogma at 11 and Life of Brian at 12. Fair point. And gave you a Grey's Anatomy coloring book when at, you were a young child. At three, yeah. So... So why you're so worldly and knowledgeable. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, this will also be a two-act musical. Okay. So, um, it would be Act 1, Intermission, Act 2. So I will get a pee break. You will get a pee break, yes. Good. That's important. Um, yeah, it's, it's the most important thing, actually. Um, and, uh, 
this one has titles for the acts. They don't ever show the titles. The titles don't come into anything, actually. Um, and now I'm drawing a blank on what the title of the acts even are. And of course I didn't put it in my notes, because why would I? But it's not really important, and no other show that I've ever been to has put titles, like, for the acts. Okay. And the, so, from what you'd said, the titles don't even matter anyway. Yeah, like, one of them, something like the cats deal with a maddening dance, something like that, and the other has to do with summer. And other than the maddening dance, because, yes, there is a weird dance scene in there, nothing really makes sense with those. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. All right. I will take um, your word for it. And this isn't even Andrew Lloyd Webber's first show. Like, this isn't the first one he did, so keep that in mind. He's done a few before this. Okay. Um, oh, and so our structure with this, because I used to teach, you get a vocabulary word. <gasps> oh, boy. Yes. Do, is there a spelling test, too? No. I'm bad at spelling. There's, there's not a spelling test. Okay. Phew. So the word today is reprise. Reprise. Yes. So that's just a song or a theme that's repeated later in the show. Yeah. And so oftentimes it's sung by the same character that sang it earlier. It'll have a lot of the same lyrics or similar lyrics. Tune will be the same. Um, and there is going to be a reprise in this show. So it's not like where they start the show with the song and end the show with the song. It'll be like multiple times throughout the course of it. That actually is an example of a reprise too. Okay. Cause I, I know from, you know, the book, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the book of Mormon. Yeah. Hello. My name is. Yeah. 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 I don't want to yeah. give too much. Yeah. So those are, yeah, that's, that's another example of one. They don't always call it like a reprise. Um, but in this, it actually is. There is, uh, the the song would be Grizabella the Glamour Cat, and then they have Grizabella Reprise, and they kind of bring in a little bit of that song, and um, sometimes they'll do it ironically, sometimes it'll be, so like sort of a, like, oh, this was really happy and upbeat. Oh, well now, now things are going bad for our hero. Now it has a different tone. Yes, exactly. So they'll, they'll use it different ways. Um, this is more just to reiterate the mood of a scene. Uh, and you'll, you'll catch it once we get to it. Okay. Um, so we're going to go watch the show now. And then Warren's going to compose himself. And... <laughs> Because he'll need to. So um, while we do that, let's take a listen at this week's sponsors. So our first sponsor for this week is Grizabella's Glamour Shots for Glamour Cats. Do you miss the photo studios that flooded the malls in the 90s? Do you miss the smell of hairspray, the copious amounts of makeup, and the outfits you would never, ever wear outside of these professional photo shoots? Yes, I do. Oh, well, do you miss using an entire bottle of conditioner because someone thought it would be a great idea to tease your hair? That sounds very wasteful. Yeah, it sucked. Um, do you wish that you could subject your furry feline friend to this? No, I love my furry feline friend. Well, luckily for you, at Grizabella's Glamour Shots for Glamour Cats, we've got you covered. 
Yes, starting at $29.99, we have several photography packages available. No need to do your cat's hair or makeup, we'll do it for you. And best of all, we only use the highest grade catnip to make them sedate enough to put up with it. Come get your glamour shots for glamour cats today. Oh boy! Our second sponsor is McCavity's Toothpaste. Yes, McCavity's Toothpaste is the best toothpaste to protect you against gingivitis and is the only one that has a criminal ginger baby as a spokesperson. McCavity's Toothpaste... Whoa! <laughs> We're keeping that in! <laughs> have I told you that I have bad eyes? Let's let Kay compose herself. The best humor is unintentional humor. It's supposed to be criminal ginger tabby, not criminal ginger baby. Clarification there. Oh god. I don't I don't mean any offense to any ginger babies in the audience. You are not criminals unless you have committed a crime in which case they will get you. Oh my um, god. <laughs> so once again, our second sponsor is McCavity's Toothpaste. Yes, McCavity's Toothpaste is the best toothpaste to protect against gingivitis and is the only one that has criminal ginger tabby as a spokesman. McCavity's Toothpaste will make your cavities disappear. Breathe. Breathe, Kay. <sighs> Breathe, Kay. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. And our last sponsor is Heaviside's Gate. Is your cat... <laughs> okay i'm good i'm <clears throat> i'm good our last sponsor is heaviside's gate is your cat looking for fulfillment do they seem to want to be part of something bigger than themselves well heaviside's gate has an opening for an eager cat that fills their requirements the cat must be black and white rather small have moonlit eyes not mind possibly going to the Heaviside Lair to start a new Jellicle life, and be available when the Jellicle moon is shining bright. Applicants should bring their headshot, resume, and references to the middle of the junkyard. McCavity need not apply. So, what'd you think? These modern productions are all very well. My question to you, Kay, what the bloody hell? <laughs> like, so... So first off, I will say, choreography, amazing. The mm -hmm. displays of athleticism on parts of the, of the uh, performers, amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, costumes, makeup, great. Like, songs, catchy. I have some stuff stuck in my head and I probably will for a while even though they've all kind of they've all kind of chimeraed in my brain and I'm getting different parts of different songs which is not unusual for me oh uh, god uh, but <laughs> but WTF like WTF to the 10th degree like to the 10th power just okay okay like like, okay, okay. So, starting off, 
when we were because we watched this on a video like a, yes. a, a production it was 1998 yes 19- made straight for film made straight for film so different from what people who have seen live theater would be seeing at least to some stuff a little bit yeah. like 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 the the cat eyes in the beginning that yeah that's not yeah that's that, not a thing yeah that you know made me think of jurassic park look like cats frozen in amber and they were going to start some cloning <laughs> which would explain more in the movie like really if this was some post-apocalyptic future where mm-hmm. radiation had caused humans to mutate into cat-like creatures that would be a story I think I could follow better than what this plot was. Yes. Because, I mean, you get Chitara in the opening act from Thundercats. It's <laughs> nice to see her. She's been gone for a while. And I do have to ask, what the funky monkey is a jello cat? I still don't know. So. I still don't know what a jello cat is. <laughs> Even though they had a whole song about it. And a jello cat has three names. And they're, apparently it just seems like they're full of themselves and just think they're super great, but what makes a jello cat? So actually, I had to look this up. Okay. Because I have seen cats multiple times. I have watched the video multiple times. I've watched it on YouTube because it's it's one of those shows that even though I'm kind of like, they're much better shows. It still is stuck in my heart because it was the first one I ever saw live. Not counting, like, Sesame Street Live and stuff that was also good, but that's not a musical. Um, and I found out that a jellical cat is pretty much just a cute way of saying a little cat. <coughs> um, like, during the Battle of the Peaks and the Pollicles, because I was like, what the bloody H is a pollicle? A pollicle's a little dog. So, like, poor little dog and jolly little cat. So, when I asked if that thing was wearing a shoe on its head? Yes. That that was the what? That was the Battle of the Peaks and the Pollicles. I thought some of them were pugs. Yeah. And it's like the Battle of the Peaks and the Pollicles with the intervention of the pugs and the palms or something like that. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how, um, dude... Deuteronomy? Yes, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. You have the one token black cat of the group. Um, <laughs> old white, wise sage. That guy can sing. I will mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, Ken Page is great. Ken Page. He's, he's in quite a bit of his stuff, I think, and a lot of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows. Does anything explain why there is a random shoe dropping? Is that in the actual theater production? Yes, that is. Why? So, do you remember, like, the old Tom and Jerry cartoons where a cat would be singing or yelling and then they'd throw a shoe at him? That's what's going on, is that the cats are singing oh, and a so human... Oh, so some random inter- human is like, shut up, cat! Yes, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing explained. Sure. But, uh, Ish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still am not over the fact that most of the cats look like some horrible David Bowie alchemic experiment gone wrong. Especially, they do. They do. They look like Full Metal Alchemist was trying to make a chimera with David Bowie and it just went bad. Especially Rum Tum Tugger, who I hate. I hate. I do not like him. I do not like him, Sam I am. I do not like him with green eggs and ham. I would not like him over here. I would not like him over there. 
I want to strangle him with underwear. I don't like Rum Tum Tugger. You know, I I totally empathize with you. He was n- he was probably my least favorite when I was a kid. Too. I am blown away by how much sex was in this. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I knew that the I knew from things I had seen that the costumes were skin tight and all that. But wow, was there a lot of thrusting and hip gyrations, even from all the women. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that would make a little more sense with male characters, cats, whatever. But I was very blown away by just all of the pelvic thrusting. Not that I'm a prude by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no. It just You're... caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about cat names. I have come up with my own cat name. Oh, God. Would you like to know it? Oh, God. What is it? Blagglesporp. Because they gave some very bizarre names. And Blagglesporp is what came to mind. Meow. Meow. Oh my god. Oh god. Blagglesporp, the greatest of the jello cats. God. The prophesized one, the one who will lead them all to the the stairway to heaven <laughs> at the end. I still don't know what that was. It looked like a cat's pod dis- yeah, stairway yeah. thing. It also partly looked like some shiny tentacle monster creature. I still don't know what I think of that. I mean... These are cats, so yeah. they're trying to rationalize whatever they think. I'm of the mind that maybe it was some kind of eldritch abomination cthulhu monster that has duped all of these cats into believing that they're going to heaven when really it's just feeding on their souls so it can continue to live forever. So they are in a junkyard during the whole thing, so maybe... Well, let, let's keep going, let's keep going. Okay, okay, well... I liked the uh, the Gumble Cat tune. I thought that was probably... The Gumby Cat? Gu- oh, Gum- Gumby. I wrote down Gumble, but... <laughs> okay, Gumby. Mm-hmm. I liked the Gumby Cat tune. I thought it was catchy. Uh, however, the parts that I liked were over too quick. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have my... I already, already talked about how much I hate Rum Tum Tugger. You could... He can go Rum Tum Die. Um, <laughs> Bostifer? Is that Bustifer. how... Bustifer. Bustifer Jones is God. I like him a lot. Because I also like food. Mm-hmm. And Bustifer Jones is a classy mofo. I see your note there. Toodle pip. They say that, don't they? Yes. Toodle pip? Yes. They never repeat it ever, but I liked it. Toodle pip. Yeah, yeah. That, need, that needs to be used in daily conversation more. You know, do you remember Caleb, the cat that I had that yeah. was racist? Yes. I always thought that he kind of looked a little bit like an all-black Bustifer Jones. Except he not was kind and jolly. Oh yeah, no, he's not. He, he wasn't kind and jolly. He was a I mean, jerk. He was, but... he, was, he was nice enough to me, but that's because I'm. Yeah, that's because you're white. Because I'm white. Uh, he hated black people, and even though I, you know, nursed him back to health, he still went after me. That'll teach you to show kindness. Yeah, right. Um, Mungo Jerry. Yes. And Rumble Teaser. Yes. Rumble or Rumple? Rumple. Okay, Mungo, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Uh, they're like the Jesse and James of Pokemon, but if they were both Meowth, <laughs> because they are thieves, and I kept thinking when they were leaving the stage, they're blasting off again! <laughs> uh, I do want to bring up one point. What is with all the racist cats and their dislike <laughs> of the Chinese? 
So that's a lot of stuff that was in the original poems. So why, okay, and who was it that did it? T.S. Eliot. Why is so, T.S. Eliot racist to Chinese? So that was a big issue, actually, um, with uh, England at the time that these poems were written. Because this stuff was written like, I want to say it was early 1900s, like up to World War II. Because this show kind of seems to take place like around 1939, 1940. Um, and England was amazingly racist towards um, really a lot of people. Um, but like a lot of the stuff was very anti-Chinese. And they've actually taken out a lot of that stuff in recent productions. Um, and uh you, you actually kind of saw an edited version with that, too, because there's stuff like when we watched the uh, reimagining with Growl Tiger. Yes. There's way more racist stuff in that part that I was like, thank you for taking that out. Yeah, I thought it was interesting with the Siamese in that, okay, a little bit of a tangent from that after we watched the, the 1998 uh, video version of Cats, uh, K pulled up the YouTube video mm -hmm. for, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, the Growl Tiger's Last Stand. Yes, Growl Tiger's Last Stand and all of the Siamese cats, which I thought it was interesting how they just made them all look alike rather than get different actors, like have actors, and I assume that was probably because they were already all in makeup and they needed yeah. to have them play villains, so they just put a mask on their head yeah and but, that's the case with most of the show like with the peaks and the follicles where they threw mops on people's heads and stuff that was true true yeah true 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 but still heathen chinese yeah that implies that all the cats are christian which not, I mean... That's pretty bothersome, too. Because, I mean... Yeah, it's kind of not to, like, go on a tangent of religion in any kind of way, but it is kind of common that animals don't have souls mm -hmm. in Christianity. So why would the cats be yeah. Christian, and why would they give a crap about... It's, that's part of the poem that was said. <sighs> T.S. Eliot... He's yeah, racist, he's, SOB. he was kind. He was problematic. Oh, I'm glad you oh, did. Uh, wow. <laughs> sorry, T.S. Well, that's uh... T.S. T.S. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we covered this one because it was uh, Growl Tiger's Last Stand, but in the oh god, yeah. But in the 1998 version that we watched, as he's talking about, there never was. He's, he's talking about his greatest performance, and what was it called again? Um, so yeah, so uh, for those who haven't seen it, there's a scene where there's this old cat named Gus. He's the theater cat. He did plays. And he was talking about his grandest creation, as history loves to tell, was fire for a fiddle, the fiend of the fell. Yeah. As he is talking about this, in the movie, you have this shadowy creature coming up from behind him with glowing red eyes as if they are pits of hellfire. And I kind of lost it there because <laughs> this is an old cat that they're talking about who is re reminiscing about all his past triumphs in the theater. And I'm sitting here going, is this the frickin' Grim Reaper of cats coming to take this cat's soul? Because... 
that I think would have made more sense than him having an hallucination. But that's, again, just me. Yeah, and actually on that scene, that was one of my favorite scenes later on. Um, because it's sort of the most, like, putting it into real life with a cat that thinks that, oh, I'm this great actor. They're a cat that walked on stage. Like, I've I've worked with animals before. And Toto, you came back. Oh to me. my god, yeah. <laughs> if y'all ever wanna have fun, look up uh America's funniest home videos, Toto Recall. I think that's what it's under. I don't know. Um, but yeah. It it kind of was fun looking at it again, like when you're a kid, you're watching this show and you're just going you're taking it as face value of Oh, these cats, they live such magical lives. And then you realize these cats think that they're doing more than they actually are. You know, and it goes to show you just how naive I can be because I'm sitting here going, oh, wow, I didn't know that in this universe cats put on plays and performances. And then you just put it into perspective of, no, this cat is walking on stage while other plays are going on and he thinks he's part of it. Good job. Good job, Warren. You're No, so you're fine. It, the way that they frame it, unless you've seen it a lot of times or you've, you know, seen it before, read the poems and then gone, wait a tick. That's that's what's going on. And it's the same thing with Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, which was my favorite scene when I was a kid. I dug him. I, uh, yeah. I, I want to say about halfway through, I stopped taking notes. So we have reached the end of my notes because mm-hmm. I think... I think it was taking all of my ability just to, yeah, just to be aware of what was going on to an extent. Uh, uh, Skimble Shanks. Yes, Skimble Shanks. Skimble Shanks. I dug him. I thought mm-hmm. he was cool. Uh, it did make me laugh that he thought that the trains ran because of him. Yes, because so, he's a cat. Because he's a and cat. That's what and they think. The world revolves around them, and the internet would agree. Yeah. Uh, McCavity. McCavity was interesting. The fight scene between him and all the other cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the hell was Rum Tum Tugger for that brawl? If he thinks he's such a badass, he should have been in there fighting McCavity. But instead, I'm sure he was tugging himself off in a corner somewhere. I was somewhere. just going to say. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Another yeah, reason not to like Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah. He's a Rum Tum pansy he's, he's kind of useless um he's just there to be like yeah ladies well, you know you want me oh is there stuff going down i'm gonna be cleaning myself over here it, wouldn't that be though more like you know the big orange tabby that we live with yeah so yeah, yeah. so he's the most cat-like of the cats yeah our cat steven is yeah we call him beefin because he's a big beefy tabby cat but he's also kind of a pansy to an extent. So yeah, I could see so him doing he, that too. He would do that too. Like he, Rum Tum Tugger is the most genuine cat of the cats. Um, I don't know. I uh, I rather like the magical Mister Mistopheles. Oh, yeah. No, he's the best cat. He, and where, you know, I kind of feel like he could have made an appearance and lightning bolted the crap out of Macavity. He was he only level one, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. He was the only one who seemed to have magical powers that gave True. him a, an edge up. True. I mean, so what did you think about that uh, dance interlude in the Jellicle Ball? Is that the one where a cat cops a feel of Victoria? Yes. Yes. Where so Victoria is the white kitten, 
which they don't say that, but Victoria and uh, Jemima are the two kittens of the group. <laughs> Jemima. Yeah, Jemima's the one who sings um, the soul or the duet with Grizabella. And Grizabella, I forgot to mention her. I liked her. That lady can she's, sing. Yeah, that's Elaine Page. She um, she Ken Page's wife. No. Oh. I don't. Okay. No, because I think it's spelled differently. Probably. Um, and I just... But she... Yeah. So she actually is one of, like, the main actors that's played this role. And she is amazing. Yeah. I love her. She's really good. And Grizabella is one of my favorite characters, really, in musical theater, just because... Now that I have, you know, sustained a major knee injury, I've figured... That's probably the only role that I can play in this show if I ever do it. So Just hobbling around singing yeah, just, about your former glory. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, true theater people stuff. Just like Gus. <laughs> just like Gus. <laughs> oh, I like Grizabella. Um, let's see. Fight scene with McCavity. Uh, I will say I did learn an important lesson while watching this. What? Cats are not dogs. <laughs> they have a whole bit where they're singing about how cats are not dogs. So for you folks listening out there, I hope this doesn't come as a surprise. Hopefully you're sitting down, you're not driving in your car, because I don't want you to be, holy crap, cats are not dogs, Arr, go into the wall, kill somebody. But yes, yes, cats are not dogs. Yeah, so they end with the poem, The Addressing of Cats, and... Honestly, it's it's kind of a mercy to us because it's not longer. Because the actual <laughs> poem is longer than what they sing. And Alrighty. I actually have listened to the original 1981 cast, and there are so many different changes. The Mungo Jerry and Rumpel teaser song is a totally different rhythm, and I don't like it. Um, and I love Mungo Jerry and Rumpel teaser because that's just such a fun song. The addressing of cats is long. It's yeah. Really long. I don't. And that's like when I listen to this song, like, at, or not the song, the show at work, I will skip that song because okay. it's not one of my favorites. Like, I love listening to Ken Page, but not on that song. Oh, I have a song stuck in my head right now. Which one? Oh, well, never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. I know that tune is not right. Please don't hate on me for it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, am, I am very musically challenged. Um, so I actually found the act titles. Okay. And you said previously that this is one of the only shows that has act titles yeah. and that they don't really make any sense. Yeah, so the first one, I mean, the first one kind of makes sense because of them copying a feel on Victoria. <laughs> it's uh, when cats are maddened by the midnight dance is act one. And yeah, that dance is kind of mad and they do talk about being mad as a hatter. Yeah. Uh, and then act two is why will the summer day delay... When will time flow away? WTF? Right, yeah. In fact, when I was a kid and I saw that in the playbill, I was like, uh, okay. And then they never really explain why it's titled that. I'm wondering if they're like 
lines from T.S. Eliot's poems or not, because... That would make more sense. Yeah, but explain? But... I don't know. If you're going to have something like that, I think it would make sense to have somebody say it in the show. Oh, yeah. Like, in between oh, yeah. parts. It absolutely That would. would make sense if you're going to do that, because it just seems kind of arbitrary otherwise. Yeah. Um, and like I said, most shows don't title their acts. Yeah. At the very least, in the playbill, they'll say, like, where the act takes place if it's a show. Like with Saturday's Voyeur, when we went to see that, they did have act titles, but it was like, oh, act one takes place at BYU in 1970, and act two takes place in Outer Darkness, and so on and so forth. Like, that's... That's what they do. Which makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. Context for the actual events that are going yeah. on in the show. Yeah, and with this, it's like, okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber, why? <sighs> because art. <laughs> so I think um, we're going to be seeing Ken Page again in one of the shows that we're doing. I can't remember which one, but I know that we're going to be seeing him again. Um, I don't know about Elaine Page. Oh, I was going to tell you, so when I was doing some research for this, because it's, you know, it's been a while since I've seen Cats and been in the Cats fandom, which there is one. Um, <laughs> There's a fandom for everything. Yeah, there is, and that's actually where I first learned the term orgy. Um, <laughs> oh, reminiscing about youth. Yeah, I was 11? No. I might have been 12 and I was on the computer and I asked my mom, what's an orgy? Because someone had mentioned the Jellicle ball scene saying that that's what it was. And my mom didn't explain it to me. She was just like, don't go to that site anymore. And I'm like, it's just a cat site. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she remembers that, but... Um... Oh, good old Jellicle balls. <laughs> So, there's actually going to be another film adaptation of this. Cool. Um, and we're going to be seeing it. Sweet. I don't know the exact date. It sounds like it's going to be around Christmas. Nah, it's a big so. movie release holiday. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm. It's the first one of these live theater adaptations that I'm excited for since Rent. So... There's a... Oh, I, okay. we'll be watching that one too. I I know you know Rent. Yes. So in the cast list, I'm excited because we have Jennifer Hudson as Grizabella. Cool. We have James Corden as Buster Jones. Uh, okay. A face not not recognizing, but okay. Uh, he's a late night host. He does carpool karaoke. He does. I, I'm. am sure I would have to see a picture of him to. He did the one with Michelle Obama. And that's not helping. Okay. Like, I, I would have to see his face <laughs> to know who he is. Uh, Taylor Swift. I do know her because. I I don't think I could name a song of hers, but I do know who she is. Yes, she is Bombalurina. Uh, Rebel Wilson. Do you remember her from Pitch Perfect? She, she's the Australian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's going to be Jenny Anydots. Cool. This one might make people mad when I say this because you will not know who this is, but Dame Judi Dench is going to be in this. I know the name, but again, I would need to see a picture. Yeah. So, because I do know who Judi Dench, like the name, the, my brain is going, that name, I've heard that name before. <laughs> 
So she's actually going to be Old Deuteronomy. Wait, 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 wait. So, but Old Deuteronomy was a guy. And? and they're casting it as a woman? And? I've I'm just, played men before. True. I'm just saying <laughs> the internet is going to have an... Well, okay, well, theater people are probably going to be okay. Anybody who's not a theater person is going to probably lose their mind a little bit. If they even know the... I mean... A good point. Yeah. They may not even know. <laughs> they may not even know. And But dude is in the name. You can't have a chick play someone named dude. And those people can go eat... This is rated for 14. They can go eat a bag of gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say there. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm excited for this. Idris Elba is going to be McCavity. The only name on the list that I have both a voice and an, a uh, picture for. Yes. So that'll be cool. He'll, he'll do a good villain. Yes, he will. He'll do a and good villain. we'll both be sitting there going, oh. A little bit, yeah. 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 He's he's the one celebrity would probably fight over. Oh, no. Lupita Nyong'o, too. Yeah. That would be the only thing that would make this better, is if Lupita somehow was in this. Hear that, give, Hollywood? Give, give it time. She might. They haven't announced everybody, right? Ooh. This would be a treat for both of us. Yes. <laughs> so, that was Cats. Join us next week for a musical that I still can't believe Warren hasn't seen. Yeah, you and the rest of Utah. <laughs> we'll be learning how to solve a problem like Maria, talking about goat herds, and wondering why the hills are alive. Yep, next week we're covering The Sound of Music. Yay! It'll be fun. I know it will. Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. We love you. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.